All right, we're going to bring this meeting back to order. Okay, welcome to the Queen Anne's County Commissioner's meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, QAC-TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public meetings. In addition to our live audience this evening, we are providing remote options for citizens to watch and participate in county commissioner meetings. Citizens may watch our meetings live on our website at qac.org live or on our television channel, BreezeLine Channel 7 and High Definition Channel 507. Citizens may also participate by joining the live Zoom meeting by going to qac.org slash public comment. Citizens may also email comments to public comment at qac.org. Comments received will be read during the press and public comment period on tonight's agenda. We acknowledge your participation and by attending you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. Press and public comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you care to speak, please sign the sheet on the information table in our lobby. Comments longer than three minutes may be submitted in writing for the commissioner's review. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Jim Moran. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If you would please remain standing for a moment of silence for all those still affected and continue to be affected in the Baltimore shootings. Thank you very much. All right, commissioners, that brings us to the approval of this evening's agenda. Our agenda for today's meeting on January 10th, uh, and the regular and closed session minutes from your December 13th meeting have all been circulated for review. Do we have any additions and or corrections? Um. Oh, sorry. Uh, make a motion to accept the agenda and minutes as presented. Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right. So we just had a closed session under the general provisions, Article 3305B1 for boards and commissions and Article 3305B3 to discuss land acquisition. And I do believe we have uh, a couple of appointments to make. Yeah, I, uh, I move to appoint Tim Reedy to fill the vacancy on the Board of Electrical Examiner. Uh, this term will expire on June 30th, 2024. Second. We have a motion to second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right. Um, and we had some discussion about the um, Animal Control Commission. Mm hmm. Okay, I'm going to make a motion that we move forward. Uh, excuse me. We move to award the Animal Control Commission a stipend of $2,000 a year for the chair and $1,500 a year for their members. And starting July, that's starting July 1st, 2023, and that those meetings will take 50% of those meetings will be live meetings. In person. In right. person. Thank second. You. Motion is second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you, Jim. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. Okay, we can move into uh, our first session for press and public comments. So we have some. 
Yes. All right, so thank you for taking the time to express your views to the county commissioners. Comments are limited to three minutes per person. Comments longer than three minutes may be submitted in writing. This commission respects your desire and right to convey your message freely. When you come forward, please speak clearly at the standing microphone, state your name, address, and topic of interest. And in keeping with the dignity of our office, we ask that all views be expressed in a respectful and civil manner. Uh, the first person to sign up was Robert Snyder. Yes, sir. Come up and just give us your address and your comments. Robert Snyder, live at 203 Old Love Point Road, down by the park. Been there for 50 years, own and operate my business out of that neighborhood. And my neighbor, Mr. Johns, great guy, he wants to change the zoning on a house next door to me, which has always been a single family residence. And it's a limited size lot, and I'm against the rezoning of it, because eventually there's going to have to be some sort of traffic control done in that, in that area. And that's like, you know, the best place for something to happen, because the high school traffic, the park traffic, I can't even go through there with my trucks anymore. It's just too much traffic and too dangerous, and I don't want to bother the people in Stevensville. So I try to use the bypass. But that's a bad intersection, so anything you do there in the future, it's going to cost you now if you change your mind and rezone it and upgrade it a different way. That, that was my concern. Thank you very much. Thank you. Sure. Jay Johns. Uh, good evening. My name is Jay Johns. I own the property at 201 Old Love Point Road. I'm requested rezoning um, due to the fact of the nature that surrounding properties um, are zoned commercial. Um, some of them suburban industrial, some of them a little bit lighter commercial. I've applied for the lighter commercial um, and I respect Mr. Snyder dearly. He's a friend of mine. Um, I just want to say that, you know, he, like he said, he mentioned he operates a business, a construction business, dump trucks and all that on the opposite side of it, the house. And um, I just would, you know, it's, I just think that it should be, I should get granted a rezoning. And um, so I have to say. Thank you very much. Thank you. Jim Roy. Sir, I am sorry. I thought it was a sign up sheet. I don't have my glasses. It is a sign up sheet. No, I thought for my meeting. No, I don't I have no comment. Yeah, no comment. Thank you very much. Good. He did just, he did just comment technically, so correct. We're gonna, <laughs> so, we're gonna put that so, on the right. So would anyone else like to speak? <laughs> Seeing none, we'll close press and public comment. Do we put do we, that join us on Zoom? I don't know if he's here to make public comment. If you just give us a wave if he's here for comment. Where do you? To Mr. Dennis iPad. I can't I can't huh? He's on Dennis's Dennis. iPad, I see. Yeah, I, I tried asking the chat, but no, he didn't respond, so okay. I'm not sure. Okay. There'll be another opportunity at the end of the meeting. <clears throat> Moving on. Oh, yeah. yeah, he just waved. Where do you see him? You top top oh, oh, there he is, that glare. Top okay. middle. Is he I'm muted? sorry, can you hear me? Yes, yes, yes we can. can now, yes. yes. Okay, my name is Dennis Leahy, and um, I'm a resident of Bay Bridge Cove in Kent Island. And I have a uh, comment to make about um, item number 16, CRR number 45. Is that, is that clear? 
Um, there's a proposal to change uh, 3.4 acres from countryside to urban commercial. And, and at the potential impacts, it's stated that Thompson Creek connector could potentially cause or alleviate some transportation concerns. My concern is that the, the connector road hasn't even been built yet, and we have no other information about it. And also, there's other developments proposed, Royal Farms, a marina, so a lot of activity in that particular area. I think this issue should be tabled or, or somehow held back until we have more information about the future of routes of, of this particular area. Route 8 is um, right now heavily traveled and um, I don't see a, a need for a zoning change at this particular time until we have better information about what the future brings. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else that would like to speak? Is he talking about two different properties? Mm. Thank you. That's it. He's talking about Royal Farm? No, no, no. He's talking about Royal Farm. Okay, we'll close public comment. Okay, first up, commissioners, we have our presentations. Uh, first up, we have Kelly Huber, character counts, coach specialist, uh, proclamation for fairness. And I just... <clears throat> You don't look like Kelly. Well, I, 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 I wasn't going to be the one. Who here has not been good for Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if you're all are aware, but uh, Kelly uh, presented us with a resignation in November, and uh, on the search. We're now on. Uh, we're hoping that our search uh, is wrapping up, but uh, at this particular time, we have no one that has been uh, uh, placed in that position yet. Um, I just uh, did want to take a couple of minutes to say she has, as always, come through in terms of helping. And I mean, this uh, character counts has always been her passion, and um, she has kept the ball rolling in, in the air through this uh, last month or so, and uh, intends to, of course, be uh, continuing with character counts, hopefully in a coaching position, because she wants to get back to the children. Um, we, um, we have approximately 72 coaches. We're serving over 100 classes in the elementary schools. We have a unique uh, situation in the middle schools where we're doing the uh, three coaches and they're coming into the classrooms multiple times each week. And this is on a rotation basis over, I think, six weeks. And they're trying that to see how that particular thing works. And uh, we're really uh, uh, hoping that that, uh, that program does, uh, uh, it fits in with what we have been doing. We've, uh, we're in our 23rd year. And um, um, Susan was, uh, Coppage was supposed to be with me tonight, but she had a family emergency and the very last minute. And she's still recovering from her incident earlier last year. Or, in the spring of last year. Um, we have tonight as our special guest, we uh, give you a little bit of background. Um, approximately, I want to say five to 10 years ago, as an outgrowth of the Character Counts program, we started what they called community mentoring. And uh, we went along with that as a co-program, working together with Character Counts. And, then it was separated into its own program, and uh, we've been uh, 
operating that as a, it's operating as a separate entity. And tonight we have two guests, Kia and uh, Doncella. They're both here now. Why don't you come up? Come on up. So that, that you can tell them a little bit about what you're doing in that area, because as you all are aware. Thank you. Um, they have prepared the um, proclamation for this month, which is fairness. And uh, this is one of the, I think one of the really unique things that we do in character counts is we involve the community, the businesses, the nonprofits, other organizations that are serving the community. And this is one, if you would care to just take a couple sure, minutes and tell them sure, what you're sure. doing, how exciting So good been. evening. I am Don Fellow Wilson, the co-founder of Maneri's Dream Alliance. Um, we are covering six counties here on the Eastern Shore, providing supports and services. Um, and just want to mention, I am a class of 93 graduate, Chris, Nobody's from perfect. Queen Anne's County High School. Nobody's okay? perfect. I, I just, just want to put that on record, okay? I just want to let that. Anyway, so um, the support and services that we're providing is the community mentoring program here in Queen Anne's County. We're housed in the Kennard Cultural and Heritage Building and able to meet with students weekly there. Um, I have with me tonight Kia Johnson, who is our new coordinator. Last year when we were here, um, Ms. Yolanda Acri was with us. Um, Yolanda has transitioned to continue to lead our history initiatives, which another thank you to this commission as you all um, gave us a support letter for the Shantytown of the Narrows project. And so that project, it still builds, it's complete, it lives at the Kennard, but it also, we will continue to add to it. So it's oral histories about the watermen, um, the people who lived at the Narrows, one of which was my great-grandmother that lived there, and I remember going to the Narrows and things like that. So thank you again for that support and letter. it's really great if nobody, if the people haven't seen it yet, they should go see it oh, for the history of the Kent Narrows. Without yeah. a doubt. It's amazing. It's, you know, it's now restaurants and hotels, but really was yeah, just uh, a huge story. hub yes, right of the county. A huge hub of businesses, African-American-owned businesses during that time. Um, and we all know when we start to explain, we're like, you know where the jetty is? Okay, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's the area we're talking about. It's sure. like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yep. The old shanties and everything. Right. Yeah, yeah. Old shanties, those yeah, I, 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 like Chris said, I, if you have not been to the Kennard Alumni Association Museum there, it is something worth. It's amazing, yeah. It Unbelievable. Is. It is. So thank you for that support in order to receive funding to be able to keep that um, project going. Um, so what I have for you, though, today um, is just information on our program um, for the community mentoring. We'd love you all to come by at any time, <coughs> open invitation to be able to meet with our students and talk about what the commissioners do here for Queen Anne's County. Excellent. Very good. Well, we have a proclamation. Yes. Commissioner yes. Uh Proclamation 2301. Whereas Queen Anne's County was declared a Characters Counts community, and whereas all community members have been called upon to embrace the six pillars of character and incorporate these traits of good character into their daily lives. And whereas the Character Counts Pillar of the Month for January is fairness. And whereas fairness can be interpreted as impartial and just treatment or behavior without favoritism or discrimination. And whereas fairness will be demonstrated by all citizens as they go about their daily lives. And whereas everybody will be treated with the same amount of respect and receive equitable justice. And whereas all citizens in our community will have access to quality education, health care, affordable housing. They will also have an opportunity to earn a living wage and receive fair treatment from their employers. Whereas fairness is also required and demonstrated at all levels of government, community, and business organizations. And whereas fairness will be the focus for civil, economic, ecumenical decisions, regardless of color, race, age, gender, religion, or national origin. And whereas we will strive as a community 
to uphold these values and commitments with integrity and accountability. Now, therefore, Queen Anne's County Commissioners do hereby designate the Character Counts Pillar of the Month for January to be fairness. Thank you. Thank you very much for your work. We'll take those. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Praise you. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Again, I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, allow us to speak this evening and bring you up to date on what's going on and wish each and one, every one of you a happy new year and may this be your best year ever. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you ladies. Yeah. Thank you very Wayne, much. Wayne, I just want to thank you for your years and years and years of service to our county. My pleasure. As long as I've known you, 20 years. <laughs> every time I talk to you, I'm doing something. Thank you, Wayne. Thanks, Wayne. All right, commissioners, we can move into uh, our legislative agenda next for this evening. Uh, first, we have, uh, if you want to look at um, tab six, item number two on uh, page one, we have ordinance 23-01. This is the public, public facilities bond authorization for 2023. And this is the public local law to authorize and empower the county to borrow not more than $7 million for the purpose of financing and refinancing certain public facility projects uh, consistent with our FY23 budget for introduction. I'll introduce uh, County Ordinance 2301. All right. Thank you, Commissioner Wilson. Uh, our next item is the county hearing on Ordinance 2213, and we have uh, a few minutes before we can commence uh, with that, do we want to... Were we scheduled to go at 6 on that? No, 10 5.50. Okay. 5.50, so we can... Knock out a couple of the action items? We can do some action items if yeah, you yeah. want. Okay. All right. Uh, if you want to turn to um, tab number 3, action items, we have a total of 6, I believe. So the first one is for the Department of Parks and Recreation. This is a capital equipment purchase for uh, zero-turn mowers. They are requesting to purchase two zero-turn mowers from Atlantic Tractor for $33,400 using the USA government discount to replace two 2005 mowers. Move to authorize Department of Parks and Rec to purchase two new zero-turn mowers from Atlantic Tractor in Queen Anne, Maryland for $33,400 funding to come from the Department of Park and Rec capital equipment budget. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? I just want to comment that these are replacing units that we purchased back in 2005. So it's probably, those are being held together by duct tape and bubble gum, I'm sure. I think we got our money's worth out of those. Very good. <laughs> <clears throat> Any other comments? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Five all right. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, item number two on pages uh, seven through 10. Uh, this is for a Kubota RTV uh, purchase. Also for Parks and Recreation, they're requesting to purchase this Kubota RTV from Burke Equipment in Felton, Delaware for $30,754.85 using the source well discount 031121. I move to authorize Department of Parks and Rec to purchase one Kubota RTV from Burke Equipment in Felton, Delaware for $30,754.85, funding to come from Department of Park and Rec capital equipment budget. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this one? The 800-pound gorilla in the room. What's an RTV? Um, it's a... Uh, There's a picture in there. Yeah, there is. It? Yeah. <laughs> it's a... Um, Glorified ATV. Or, well, yeah. Uh, gosh. 
gator. Will, will it have the, the snow removal capabilities and all it that? It does have the snow removal capabilities. Okay. Again, that you know we have that so we can do sidewalks and you know tight areas and stuff like that. Okay. Mr. And that's to replace the one that was on the, but the uh, trail. But, but the acronym's still a mystery, right? Recreational uh, vehicle. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Director, are you going to sell the uh, the older ones on eBay? No, no, we're not. Just junk them. <laughs> um, we try to trade them in to um, to dealers, and we'll get a you know a, a small price for that, and that's you know a way to get a little bit of a discount, and also to keep yeah. our um, you know our assets you know clean, our record clean, say that we disposed of properly. Any other discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. So move. I move. Right. We can go now, right? Thank you. Okay. All right, commissioners. It is 5:50. Do you want to move into the to the uh, hearing at this point in time? All right. All right, commissioners. Uh, we will open the hearing for ordinance 2213, comprehensive rezoning requests and rezoning of the reduced growth area. So we have uh, Mr. Thompson. He will officiate the hearing, and we have a presentation to present each one of these, and we'll take public comment as they are presented by our staff uh, from uh, Department of Planning and Zoning. Patrick. Ready? This is a public hearing being held by the County Commissioner of Queen Anne's County, January 10th, 2023, at 5.50 p.m. in the County Commissioner's Meeting Room, Liberty Building, 107 North Liberty Street, Central Maryland, to receive public comments regarding proposed county ordinance number 22-113, a bill entitled an act concerning the 2023 Two comprehensive rezoning requests and rezoning of the reduced reduced growth area for the purpose of rezoning 20 parcels of land in Queen Anne's County to conform to the 2022 comprehensive plan by amending the official digitally generated geo-reference Queen Anne's County zoning map. The Planning Commission gave this proposed ordinance a favorable recommendation. Any person who wishes to comment on the proposed ordinance may do so at this hearing. Speakers will be limited to three minutes each. Written testimony of any length may be submitted on before the hearing date to the county commissioners at 107 North Liberty Street, Centerville. Copies of the proposed ordinance have been available to the county commissioner's office. Prior to the hearing during normal business hours, all hearing sites are accessible to individuals with disabilities. Sign language interpreters and assistive listening systems are available. Part of the record of the proceeding will be a certificate of publication indicating the notice of the hearing was published for three successive weeks in the Bay Times Record Observer newspapers of general circulation in Queen Anne's County. Also, the recommendations of the Queen Anne's County. Planning Commission in the form of a memorandum uh, from Stephanie Jones, principal planner. Uh, the procedure will be, uh, I think the uh, planning department is going to have a short presentation and then we're going to take each of the 20 uh, proposed rezonings individually and if you have a comment on any one of those you can do so. Uh, if you have a comment on the general uh, overall Rezoning, we'll, we'll take those comments at the end. Stephanie. And commissioners, in your book uh, under tab number seven, starting on page seven, tab seven, page seven, is the packet with the uh, hearing information and a lot of the maps that we'll also have on the screen here tonight as 
or uh, Stephanie and Amy go through the presentation on the uh, requests. All right, good evening. Um, before you have uh, the 2022 comprehensive rezoning request, um, this goes back to the update of the comprehensive plan, which is where these um, requests are coming from. So just as an idea as to where this, these requests are coming from, on the map in front of you, uh, you'll see orange dots. Those represent the comprehensive rezoning requests, which property owners submitted throughout the comprehensive plan. And then the green dots, they represent um, where the growth area changed with the adoption of the comprehensive plan and where we need to go back and change the zoning of those properties to be consistent um, with the land use that was adopted throughout the comprehensive plan. So uh, throughout the comp plan process, like I said, property owners did submit these applications. And then through that, um, the land use, which is within the comprehensive plan maps, which I'll show you um, a couple slides. Basically, that land use has to be consistent um, with what is our zoning map. So this process is to change the zoning of those properties through the comprehensive plan that was to change the land use of the properties. Therefore, they have to both be consistent with, this, with each other and this is the final step of making everything consistent. There we go. So this sheet in front of you has the 16 comprehensive rezoning requests and the four changes uh, where the growth area was reduced. The Planning Commission sent a favorable recommendation for all of these um, applications uh, at their November 10th meeting. Uh, so there was uh, consistency found between the comprehensive plan and these applications. And then obviously this last step is for the commissioners to, to approve the, the changes. So the maps I was referring to that are in the comprehensive plan are map 4.9 and 4.10. This is kind of like an overall general countywide land use map. And then map 4.10 is more of a comprehensive, kind of gets a deeper down, deeper view at a land use. And basically you'll see the, the red box around there. That's where it has our land use categories. Basically, in order for the zoning change, the zoning has to be consistent with what the land use is designated in the comprehensive plan. So the first request, uh, this property owner is requesting 3.54 acres to be rezoned from agriculture to suburban industrial. Um, most of the majority of the property now is zoned suburban industrial. They're just asking for that small portion. Um, it is not within the county growth area. Um, it's in the rural business employment area and also the industrial business park for uh, the land use categories within the comprehensive plan. So therefore it's consistent with the request. Uh, the black outline, the dots, is specifically what you're looking at for the change. Uh, and there is a uh, comprehensive plan goal that just says to promote traditional business and that property now is basically a contractor's yard. I understand correctly. So that is that re request that is before you. So uh, are you going to go through these one at a time? Mm -hmm. Actually, are you going to call for any testimony for this? Or yeah, if that? someone wants to offer comment now, it'd be easier for you to go through them all. Okay. Yep. Is there any public comment with request to uh, the property owned by Cole Betchishek? Hearing none, go on to number two. Okay. So the next one you have before you, this is, um, it's for four separate properties, excuse me, but it came in through one rezoning request. Basically they're requesting to go, um, what you're looking at now is A, which is the larger parcel. The entire property now is zoned Stevensville Historic Center and they're looking for the red hatched area to be zoned urban commercial. 
Um, it's in the Stevensville growth area and also has a business employment area and a commercial mixed use land use designation within the comprehensive plan. Um, and also B, C, and D are also came in with the same request, but they're on the next few slides. But if you want to look at them collectively and take requests for all of them or comments for all of them at one time, you can do that because they're all requesting the same pretty much. Okay, so are there any public comments with respect to items two, three, four, and five properties of Michael and Alan Foster, Queenstown Bank of Maryland, Madison Land Partnership, and MBH Enterprises LLC? Okay, go on to number six. All right, this request here, they're requesting the majority of the property obviously is zoned agriculture. They're requesting that it be rezoned to suburban industrial. Uh, it is, uh, it's not within the growth area and it's designated rural business employment area and the detailed future land use is industrial business park. Um, basically the comp plan promotes traditional business. Uh, if you're not, if you're familiar with this area, you know that's the Friel. Um, properties there to the northeast of that rezoning request and I believe the intention is to expand the, the business with that rezoning. What's the hashed out area in the center? Yes, I, I realized that today when I was, that should be hatched as well. That's the, that's the adjacent property to the north that just didn't cover it. Oh, okay. Okay. I realized that today and I circled it myself. So yes, it all should be um, hatched. It's just it was a separate parcel. Public comment. Okay. All right. So this parcel is already uh, split zone suburban industrial and uh, neighborhood conservation. They're requesting um, more of the parcel, obviously, to be zoned suburban industrial. It's not in the growth area, but has a plethora of land uses uh, designated on the property, and that's because of the. Um, commercial and residential zoning that's already indicated on the property, but there are um, commercial um, land uses designated on the property in the comprehensive plan. And then uh, there already is an existing business there along, along 50. Is that by economy tree? That is economy tree. <laughs> Any public comment with the request to the Jane B. Roy Jr. property? Uh, so this property here, it's already zoned neighborhood conservation. They're requesting for, to it, requesting for it to go from neighborhood conservation one to neighborhood conservation eight. Um, it'll be the same zoning district and the same uses permitted. It's just that they're requesting a higher density on the property with NC8. Um, it's within the Chester Growth Area and it's already medium density residential, residential and established residential areas within the comp plan. Any comment with respect to item number eight? Okay. 
you can see uh, the large, uh, vast majority of this property is agricultural, but they're requesting uh, suburban industrial within the hatched area. Um, I believe the intention is to sell that to the um, Bramble, which owns the one parcel there. Um, but that is the, the future intent. Uh, it is a rural business employment area and industrial business park uh, within the comprehensive plan now as it was adopted um, with the overall uh, goal from the comprehensive plan to promote traditional businesses or emerging industries. So it is consistent. Any comment with respect to the Leverton property? All right, this property here is along 301 um, where Cherry Lane is. They're requesting to go from agricultural to suburban commercial. It is uh, within the Queenstown growth area. It's designated as rural business employment area and commercial mixed use within the comprehensive plan. Um, and then there's a, a strategy within the comprehensive plan to leverage recent improvements to US 301 in Delaware to take advantage of economic development opportunities. Any public comment with regards to the R.B. Baker and Sons property? Is that where the vending, is that where the vending mm -hmm. place is right yeah. there? <clears throat> All right, uh, number 11 and number 12 can be looked at um, pretty similar as well. Uh, they're both owned by the same property owner. The existing uh, property there is zoned Grayson Hill, Graysonville Planned Residential Neighborhood um, and Neighborhood Conservation 8, and they're requesting to go to Neighborhood Conservation 15, and that is the same case for uh, number 12. It's in with the Graysonville uh, growth area, and it's established residential areas and also medium density residential. Uh, so this one is uh, consistent with the comp plan because we're looking to hopefully uh, condense zoning districts, and this is one of the districts where we hope to eventually um, condense. So obviously it being an, a neighborhood conservation would allow us to do so, and it kind of changes it prior to us changing it. Hmm. Any comment with respect to items 11 and 12? Uh, this property is requesting a change from neighborhood conservation two to agricultural. Uh, obviously the comprehensive plan has many strategies to uh, promote agricultural industries and it's designated a rural agricultural area as well as um, open space in the comprehensive plan. Any comment with respect to item 13? Okay, this property here, it's already split zoned Ken Island Suburban Commercial and Suburban Industrial. Um, and they're requesting for the entire property then to be Suburban Industrial. It's in the Stevensville growth area. Uh, it's designated as Rural Business Employment Area and Industrial Business Park uh, with on the land use maps. And a comprehensive plan goal is to prepare for appropriate infill and redevelopment opportunities. Um, public comment with respect to item. Yes, sir. Uh, 
Good evening, Commissioners. Uh, my name is Mike Rinelli. I live at 610 Love Point Road in Stevensville, uh, adjacent to 307 State Street, which is the property in proposal number 14, CRR 38. I'm here in opposition to CRR 38, and I'd like to call your attention to what uh, may be significant legal questions surrounding the application. Uh, specifically, I think before voting on the ordinance, it's important that the commission determine whether this application was timely under the QAC code. Um, the applicant had previously submitted a map amendment and uh, requested on November 27, 2018, this Board of Commissioners issued findings and a decision regarding this same property, uh, and the commission denied an identical request by then owner AYS Marine to rezone this parcel from KISC to SI. Um, again, that was ordinance 1803 that was denied on November 27, 2018. Then on November 15, 2019, AYS, the owner, again petitioned the county for a rezoning from KISC to SI is what you're considering today. But I wanted to call your attention to QAC code uh, chapter 18-122E. Uh, if the commissioners deny or refuse to adopt any proposed map amendment after a hearing, uh, essentially it says the petitioner may not, uh, no petition may be accepted for filing until 12 months, the expiration of 12 months later. So uh, essentially there's a 12 month wait waiting period for them to ask for this again. So November 28th, 2018, November 15th, 2019, less than 12 months. So it, it would seem to me that under the law, the board would be obligated to deny this request. Um, secondly, as part of the county's comprehensive plan process, there was a 60-day window during which rezoning requests were accepted. I believe it was somewhere from April to June 2021. But again, this, position, this petition was submitted way back on November 15, 2019. So that's 17 months prior to that official window even existing. So again, I, I wonder if it was timely there. And then thirdly, I'd like to point out the petitioner was AYS Marine, which is no longer the owner of this property and has not been the owner since June 22, 2021, on which date the property was transferred to another owner, Ellington Enterprises. So in summary, uh, CRR 38, runs afoul of the county code because it was filed less than 12 months after the commissioners denied an identical request. It was submitted 17 months prior to the 60-day window for comprehensive rezoning requests, and it was submitted by a former owner who disposed of the property you know, nearly 18 months ago. So I would urge you to amend this ordinance 2213, remove this proposal 14 CRR 38 prior to passing the ordinance. Thank you. Okay. Any documentation? Yeah, 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 either one's fine. Any other public comment with respect to item number Okay. Uh, good evening again. My name is Jay Johns. I own the property at 317 State Street and have so for 25 years. Um, the property that is my neighbor that's trying to get it rezoned suburban industrial. That's something that I feel should have been done years ago. Um, as you all know, that it's all surrounded by suburban industrial property. State Street is at that end is a industrial site. Um, years ago, the county tried to uh, or the planning zoning wanted to change it all to residential, so we ha I had to get everybody on the end of State Street with the property owners, put them, get them together, and stop that from happening. So. I think that the uh, suburban industrial zoning for that particular property, because there's a little piece of little corner there that is already zoned suburban industrial. So I am for the project, for the zoning change. Thank you. <clears throat> is, is, this, is this across from the state highway yard? 
It's on State Street? Mm -hmm. No. No. Not that far down? It's yeah. a little farther down. A little bit further down? Yeah. Okay. You can actually see the road by the church. Yeah, there's a little insert map. Okay. Any other public comment with respect to item 14? The application um, before you, they're requesting Village Center. Uh, they're currently zoned Neighborhood Conservation 8. Uh, it's in the Stevensville uh, growth area along Low Point Road. It's established residential area and medium densi density residential within the comprehensive plan. <coughs> and for the comp plan, uh, uh, strategies prepare for appropriate infill and redevelopment opportunities. Hi, thank you. Uh, again, Mike Ranelli, uh, 610 Love Point Road in Stevensville. This is on proposal uh, 15, CRR 44 on 201 Old Love Point Road from uh, NC to VC zoning. Uh, I live just down the street from this one in full view, full view of the long-standing uh, residential property with an old house on it. It's right in the middle of the V where Love Point and Old Love Point Road meet. If you drive into the high school, you're probably familiar with it. Um, it's Again, it's the site of a historic home and immediately adjacent to the Stevensville Historic District, where I live. Uh, while there is commercial activity nearby, the property both abuts and is adjacent to other residential lots. And I want to point out that allowable uses in the VC or Village Center zone include uh, convenience stores with gas pumps, liquor stores, auto sales and service, boat sales and service, restaurants, fast food, and retail. And I have concern that such uses and the accompanying increases in traffic noise, lights, and signage would neither be desirable or compatible with the surrounding NC district. Uh, commercial development in the middle of this already dangerous fork in the road could pose a hazard to neighborhood children and to drivers coming to and from Kent Island High School, Old Love Point Park, and Cloverfield. So uh, I would ask the commission amend this ordinance 2213 and by removing this proposal, uh, number 15, CR 44, uh, prior to passage of the ordinance. Thank you. Any comments? Sure. Uh, Robert Snyder, live at 203 Old Love Point Road, adjacent to this property. And this property has always been a single family residence as long as I can remember, been there 50 years. And so is the rest of that north end of town. And to change it and put any kind of a business there that intersection is over 100 years old and it doesn't work for modern traffic flow. It needs to be redesigned and to do change the zoning, you're just gonna hinder that, create more problems. So that's, I'm just against it. Thank you. The public government. Again, Jay Johns, uh, I'm in the property 201 um, Old Love Point Road. Just wanna point out that uh, Mr. Rinelli pointed out the fact that there'd be 7-Elevens or like commercials in that matter that's permitted under that zoning. That property is very small and it's limited to what uses can be on it, which will be a, could be approved, and it's nothing like that. So that's all I have to say. Thank you. Any other public comment? Item 16. 
All right, this property before you, um, just some of, I guess, history about this property. It was subject to litigation uh, with the county. The result of this request basically is what was required through that litigation. Uh, the county was required when this property was has already been developed, was required uh, to implement the Stevensville Master Plan Development District, even though it's uh, currently zoned CS. Um, and due to that litigation, obviously the zoning now needs to change actually on the zoning map to be consistent with what was developed per the litigation um, in order uh, for it to be consistent. So they're requesting that 83 acres go from countryside to Stevensville master plan development and 3.4 acres from countryside to urban commercial and then the remainder will be countryside which is to the south part of the property. Um, there's basically um, through the comprehensive plan there is um, residential, agricultural and commercial within that one parcel um, through the comprehensive uh, land use maps. Um, and basically the development has mostly occurred with that um, Bay Cove as well. Thank you for pointing that out. Mm -hmm. There's some misconceptions about that there was going to be a new 83-acre development <laughs> up there. So. Any public comment with request to the Ken Island LLC property? All right, so that takes us to the, the growth area. Through the comprehensive plan, the growth area was re reduced in the Chester area. Um, if you all recall a little more than less than a year ago. Um, the yellow line on the map there, that's the previous growth area line and then the red line is what the existing growth area line is now within the comprehensive plan. So therefore in order for the zoning uh, map to be consistent with the comp plan and the fact that the growth area was reduced, we need to have zoning districts that are consistent within the growth area and outside of the growth area. And this is to show what those proposed zonings are. It'll be, um, or, I'm sorry, town center, they're adjacent to um, Route 18, and then it will be um, countryside outside of that. So all along the Route 18 there, this is the first parcel that um, we're looking at. It's 2.97 acres to town center, and then 12.98 acres to countryside. Um, and this was all dealt with through the update of the comprehensive plan where the growth area was reduced. So there is support um, not only in the land use maps, but also in through some of the strategies um, due to the sewer capacity. So, do you want to go through all four of the properties and then take comment at the end for all of them since they're pretty consistent with one another? This is parcel, uh, or the second parcel we're looking at. Um, it's in the dashed line. Uh, what will be rezoned to town center will be along 18 and then countryside outside of there, um, just consistent with the previous one that we looked at. And all of the same comprehensive plan strategies and recommendations apply as well. Um, and then for this parcel, it'll be uh, 3.96 acres for a uh, neighborhood village center. I'm sorry, 3.96 acres of town center and then 42 um, plus acres for countryside. And then the last parcel, uh, it's currently NC along the, the road there, but that, um, that will stay. And then outside of that will be countryside. There will be um, no TC on this parcel 
at all, but obviously all of the um, sewer allocation and all of those recommendations from the comp plan apply as well. So I think that's all four of them. And then Sorry. just, just, to, sum just to summarize really quickly um, in terms of the town center zoning that is proposed along Route 18, that uh, was that decision was made and approved for two reasons. Uh, one was to um, afford the property owner who had expressed strong previous interest in a mixed-use commercial development to afford some reasonable opportunity to pursue a development that could actually be served with the capacity that we have. And that zoning district was selected because that is consistent with the surrounding zoning district. So it wasn't an arbitrary decision in terms of what that land use or zoning should be. It's consistent with the surrounding land uses and the potential for what might fit into that um, area uh, in the reduced growth area in light of our adequate public facility ordinance challenges. Any public comment with, with respect to items 17, 18, 19, and 20? Is there any general comment with respect to County Ordinance 2213? Seeing none, we'll, we'll close the hearing. We'll leave, uh, leave it open for two weeks. We'll be voting at our next meeting. Thank you very much. Stephanie, nice job. Thank you. I mean, it was easy to follow and understand, so Good. I appreciate that. <laughs> I know the packet was a little uh, <laughs> overbearing when you got it. It made sense. It made sense when you read through it. So oh, it's, good. I'm glad. It's good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Looks like you're never kidding. Looks like you're not gonna have a meeting at your house. Do what? You're never gonna have a meeting at your house. Absolutely. Moving on. All right, commissioners, we can go back to uh, conclude our action items for this evening. we got four remaining. If you want to flip back to uh, the uh, tab number three and uh, on starting on page 11, the, that, the next item is the bipartisan infrastructure law compliance confirmation for locally owned transit systems. And uh, this is... Um, some new requirements for transit agencies that receive FTA formula grant funds. We are required to create a joint labor management safety committee and develop a safety plan. That is, the plan is, is included here in your book. Um, and we are looking for the commissioners to acknowledge uh, that we've done that and completed this task for our locally operated transit funding. I move to accept the Public Transportation Agency safety plan as stated by the 2021 Bipartisan Infrastructure Law of the Federal Government as Queen Anne's County is considered a large urbanized area. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? 
Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Okay, thank you, commissioners. Item number four on pages 22 through 28 is a property lien for a nuisance violation at 3809 Main Street, Graysonville for uh, unkept grass. I move to approve resolution 2301 to place a lien on property located at 3809 Main Street, Graysonville, Maryland, the amount of $260 for nuisance violation. Second. Motion is second. Any discussion? How, how many is this on this property? A lot. It's been going for yeah, three years, years, four years. Several it years. should just be as long service. Uh, right. I wasn't going to vote for it until Viv, uh, Vivian sent, well, me, I think, sent me a dissertation. Yeah. Okay. Any other discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Okay, thank you, commissioners. Next, we have two budget amendments. Budget amendment CC31 for aging assisted living. This is an amendment to increase the assisted living budget to reflect um, the grant that we received um, uh, for $54,338, of which $38,436 is currently budgeted. And this amendment decreases the transfer over to assisted living by $1,790, which is not required due to the increased grant revenue. So. Motion to approve CC 31. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. And our last budget amendment for this evening is uh, CC 32, police recruitment and retention. And this amendment increases the grant revenue and the corresponding expenditures in relation to the police recruitment and retention grant awarded to the sheriff's office. Motion to approve CC 32. Second. Have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All right, commissioners, thank you very much. That concludes all of our action items for this evening. We can uh, move into press and public comments, part two. And I do believe we had some, some mail-ins or some emails. Uh, we can. And, I'm sorry, what? We would love to read by anybody else in the room. Was Press and public comments. Yeah, up? Do you, do, has anybody signed up? Would anybody like to speak? Okay. Same. All you. <laughs> All right. We have, a, we have a number that emailed into our public comment yep. uh, line. So. Uh, so I'm going to do these in groupings. Whoa. Uh, this first group is going to be about the Bay Bridge Marina concept plan. I'm going to scoot over here for you, Chris. Maybe this one's better. I'd like to go on public, to, on public record that I, Josh Mellon, am against the Bay Bridge Marina concept plan, disregarding the January 12, 2023 County Commissioner meeting. My name is Richard Melton, but everyone that knows me calls me Josh. I have lived on Kent Island for over 20 plus years. I remember as a kid there were vast farmland and very little houses. I have watched the island grow to where it is today. I'm also a volunteer firefighter and know that all the extra houses and families have put a toll on us first responders. My grandfather, Doug Shreve, when he was the head of the QAC Chamber of Commerce, would often speak out things, would out speak out against things like this and not say it is a bad thing to do, but to let the county commission know where the people stand. I really think, I really think this is a bad idea in many respects. For example, traffic that is not needed to be added, a sewer plant that can't handle the growth, and I also think it's bad timing on the marina's part. 
I think there needs to be more studying done before this is allowed to happen. If the current county ordinance says that the sewer is only for commercial use, then that is what it should be before and the party and such should be held accountable. If they're trying to make market, something is commercial and is not so. So please, before you act, take into consideration all that is already here on the island and make it better, not worse. Josh Melton. Was that addressed to us or the Planning Commission? Because you January 12th is the Planning Commission meeting. Yeah. Right. So yeah, there, I'm not sure. There's I think been we're a, getting some emails about the Planning Commission meeting, but they're coming to us as well as the Planning Commission. Correct. Okay. Uh, next comment comes from Linda Henley. My name is Linda Henley. I live at 201 Topside Drive, Stevensville, Maryland, 21666 in Bay Bridge Cove. I have been a resident since May 2021, but I have had close ties to Kent Island since the mid-60s. In a short time I have lived on Kent Island, I have been extremely alarmed at the amount of commercial development that is taking place. I recently wrote about the Royal Farms proposal on Route 8 and my opposition and my certainty of the dangers this venture places on the citizens that live in the area of Route 8 on Kent Island. This is my formal note against the proposed Bay Bridge Marina concept plan. The same fears and concerns are with this proposal as the Royal Farms proposal. There simply is not enough infrastructure in place to manage all these multiple projects and is already heavily congested and dangerous part of Route 8. How much more can you expect this area to absorb? It is dangerous and to look at these proposals as individual projects without thinking about them whole. As has already been discussed and debated, the Royal Farms proposal is simply too dangerous for anyone living or traveling along this portion of Route 8. Now this proposal suggests that it can handle three, four new story commercial apartment buildings with 174 apartments. Think of the number of cars, potentially adding 348 additional cars if each unit has two people residing in them, not to mention the traffic using the commercial space. I've been reading about sewage issues and calling this proposal commercial as a loophole when it is clearly primarily residential. It is the same area of Route 8 and the same issues are here, are there, but this one is even larger. This is getting completely out of control. Common sense has to prevail here. You can conduct all the traffic studies you want, but just live here for a week and you'll know everything you need to know. Let's also not forget the safety of these residents literally living right next to an airport landing strip. It's crazy. I understand things change and development is part of process, but it must be done in a safe and reasonable manner that doesn't just benefit big business. The safety of your citizens must come first. Please let some common sense prevail and do not approve this proposal. Hoping you do the right thing, Linda Henley. You said that. That somebody moved lives in Bay Cove. Yeah, Topside Drive, Stevensville, and Bay Bridge Cove. I mean, I, go ahead. I'll say it at roundtable. Okay. Well, so hold I, on. Before, just as a general before, note, these are really addressed to the Planning Commission because we're we're not weighing in on any of these things. That is their concerns. Correct. So if these folks were here this evening, they would be limited to three minutes. Correct. All right. So um, any of these in the looking forward at them gonna take you more than three minutes to read? Yes. <clears throat> Some are very short. There, there's one or two that are relatively long. Proceed. Proceed. Uh, next comment comes from Deborah, Deborah Grohlman. I would like to enter in public record that my Deborah Goldman opposition to the Bay Bridge Marina concept plan. I understand this proposal will be discussed in a planning commission meeting on January 12th. The area of Route 8 is where this additional development is proposed. is already dangerous to those who drive it on a regular basis. There's only one entry and one exit point, and any accident that occurs stops traffic and causes delays in a dangerous situation for drivers and pedestrians. The other concern is a dire situation of Kent Island's sewer capacity. More residential usage will only add to this problem. As someone who was raised on Kent Island and has many family members living there, I would like to stop the overdevelopment of this once beautiful island and preserve what land and wildlife still exist. 
over the past 50 years of island has become one of what might refer to as suburban sprawl. And while some development is necessary to provide revenue to the county and the island and recent developments which threaten the environment, increase the traffic and max out the sewage capacity seem needless and thoughtless. Thank you for listening. Uh, this next comment comes from Michael Newman. I'm writing to you in order, my, in order to enter my comments in public record on my voice grave concern for the Bay Bridge Marina concept plan. My name is Michael S. Newman, Army retired, disabled veteran, 319 Anna Carroll Drive, Stevensville, Maryland. I am very much against the proposal for numerous reasons, but first and foremost, for the safety of myself, my family, and the safety of my fellow citizens of the county and thousands of visitors, commuters, vacationers traveling throughout our county. As you are well aware, Route 8, is, Route 8 is extremely dangerous as it stands. At all times of the day and every month of the year, there are already way too many homes and businesses in the, in, in the area adjacent to Route 50 on Route 8. We do not want and we do not need more housing and more gas stations or more stores. Adding apartments and commercial space is an extremely safety hazard, and it adds additional environmental strains and risks to our cherished land and makes absolutely zero sense to allow this. My family and I are already getting our decision to buy our regretting our decision to buy our first ever home in this area. My grandfather moved here back in the early 1970s. I've been visiting here all these years and it continues to become unsafe daily. I should have known better. I commute daily to and from work to Fort Meade and then again on the weekends to Fox 5 TV station in Bethesda, Maryland. Point is I travel Route 8 and Route 50 often. I take my 14 year old daughter to school daily. She attends Ken Island High School. However, due to the lack of space, she attends the Mattapique Middle School in the AM session, then is bused to the main high school campus in the late morning. I fear for her safety as it is. Adding more residents and businesses will increase my fear for her and other children that trust, to keep us, that trust us to keep them safe. And we obviously aren't able to handle the current amount of residents and traffic safely. We must do the right thing and stop this and all proposals to grow in this area. Enough is enough. I need to turn left coming out of Kent Manor Road on Route 8 to take her to middle school south of our neighborhood. There have been many times that we have had to wait 12 or more minutes in order for traffic to be clear for our left turn to be safe. So now we turn right on Route 8 heading north, then make a U-turn at the light at Thompson's Creek Road and Route 8 Romacoke Road to turn around and head south to the middle school. That is safer, but is still a high-risk maneuver due to oncoming traffic and lack of a left turn green arrow at the light. It's sadly the safest of the two options. Our community, Ellendale, is not complete is not complete and so many more families and more children more traffic is already approved and coming we can stop we can't stop that once i drop off my daughter i head back on route 8 north to head to route 50 and cross to the bridge to work a few times i stopped at the waterman joe coffee stand on the right side of route 8 to get a cup of coffee and a snack however i can no longer do this safely why the traffic on route 8 is horrendous at best i can't make the right hand turn fast enough and safe enough to avoid getting hit. So I no longer stop there. It's not worth the risk. Okay, that's three minutes. Next one. Cool. This comes from Chuck and Janet Melson of 302 Congressional Drive. Once again, the development has gotten ahead of infrastructure and quality of life. We who live here on Kent Island South have to deal with the stopper put in the bottle at this critical juncture. Without adequate road and supporting facilities, there's a desire to add more to this existing problem. Just because the county can expand it, can expand its tax base, does not justify the bait and the switch fraud of commercial and residential development in an area it was never intended for. Prior planning prevents poor performance, and the county planners should know this. I am being unlawfully taxed for belated septic performance at the same time that is needs, and the need is being hypocritically expanded. No growth before infrastructure expansion. Next comment comes from Henry Clark. 
We are opposed to the project proposed by Bay Bridge Marina LLC due to the sheer volume of traffic it will add to Route 8, attempting to access Route 50. Traffic during commute times is already horrendous and adding 174 apartments, possibly three to 300, 350 more cars, needing access to the property regularly is unsustainable. Thank you for your time. Next comment comes from Sheila Willis. I would like to enter in public comment that I, Sheila Corsi Willis, am very much against the Bay Bridge Marina concept plan. This is regarding the planning commission held on January 12th. I'm a lifelong 70 year resident of Kent Island and I've seen many changes, good and bad. Adding more apartments and traffic to Route 8 is very dangerous with only one way in and one way out. The traffic is horrendous on all of Kent Island and keeps us captive in our homes and now and not just weekends. The irresponsible overdevelopment of our little island needs to stop. Jacqueline de Saunier, I apologize if I got that wrong. I, along with my family, live on Kent Island at the southern end of Route 8. This proposal needs to be rejected because the amount of residential apartments will add undue stress to the already stressed infrastructure of the area that's proposed. There is so much more that needs to be addressed when adding so many residential apartments and commercial space underneath, including the already overloaded sewer system, the increased traffic on a vulnerable area of Route 8. Every time there's another accident there, it blocks off the southern part of the island for residents and emergency vehicles. My husband holds a critical national security role and is unable to get to work when incidents occur, which will undoubtedly increase if this plan goes through. Adding that many new apartments will add more children to the schools, where the question of adding trailers has already been proposed due to the growth in the past few years. Lastly, I'm very concerned as a mom with kids about the specific stretch of Route 8 for safety reasons alone. Once there, there's the new Bay Bridge and surrounding infrastructure. Here is time to catch up on the recent building boom. Something like this could potentially be considered, but now is not the time. I plead with you to please put this plan on the back burner and not allow development to happen right now. Uh, next one's from Julie Slycom. I would like to enter in a public comment that I, Julie Slycom, am against the Bay Bridge concept plan. This regarding the Planning Commission on January 12th. I've lived in Bay City for the last 20 years and I've served as a fish and wildlife biologist and federal agency for the last 23 years working mostly on endangered species. Having worked in a regulatory position where I now have to strike a balance between human needs and uses and, spe and species needs. I'm not anti-development. However, the unsustainable growth that has been allowed to occur in Stevensville over the last several years, much of it in the critical area, not only puts our island at risk for flooding due to increased impervious surface from development and more frequent severe storms, eventually is also putting our residents in danger due to the lack of infrastructure. The south end of Route 8 cannot support the increased uh, level of development, commercial and residential that is occurring. If you want to continue to develop, you need to invest in putting additional lanes on this side of the island. You can't reap all the tax benefits of development without providing the residents that live here with services and safety they deserve. Uh, our next group uh, is about the armored self-storage. Our first comment comes from Barry Waterman. Dear Commissioners, I want to express my support for and encourage you to grant growth allocation for this project when it comes before you later this month. As you know, GA is a limited commodity and can be appropriately granted to projects that need to be able to provide a product or service that community needs and will increase the tax base so that the community experiences long-term benefit. This project meets those criteria as there is a definite need for storage on Canal Island and the tax revenue from the proposed building will be substantial and the demand for services low. Possibly the most important factor that should compel you to grant GA is that the project gives the county a very high bang for the buck in terms of minimizing the GA acreage need to provide the maximum amount of storage and maximum annual tax revenue in return for the GA amount requested. Our next comment comes from uh, Edgar Gill. 
As a resident of Queenstown and Queen Anne's County, we are against any proposed changes to the critical area being considered by the commissioners to support the construction of another and entirely unnecessary public storage facility. Besides being inconsistent with current comprehensive plans that protect and preserve the Chesapeake Bay and its tributaries, the size, scale, and scope of this project will prove detrimental to the environment and encroach on areas vital to wildlife and the surrounding creeks and bay. To increase in commercial development is a blight in our way of life, and this type of business appears unnecessary as dozens of similar businesses already exist nearby. It's bad enough that our views of the bay have already been marred by the recent Hyatt Place construction and the proposed shopping plaza coming less than a mile down the road. When will enough be enough for our county? We need to stand strong and protect our sensitive wetlands and other critical areas from urban sprawl. We ask that you vote no to this petition. Our next comment comes from Debbie Moore. I just read an alarming article in the January 6, 2023 issue of the Bay Times and Record Observer about the proposed public storage in building in Chester. I'm a Chester resident and I appreciate the application of our critical area laws that protect our natural resources. I understand that county's comprehensive plan calls for local government to preserve and protect the Chesapeake Bay and its tributaries. An immense public storage building in a critical area currently designated for limited development is not an appropriate use for Chester. Please deny the applicant's request to change the critical area's designation from limited development to intense development. Next comment comes from Mike Irons. My name is Mike Irons. I'm the division president for K. Hovenian's Four Seasons at Kent Island, as well as the HOA board president for the Four Seasons at Kent Island. I am also a Queens County resident. As you are probably aware, the Four Seasons is a large 55 plus active adult community located one mile less from the subject property. We currently have 325 homes occupied by 1,079, oh, I'm sorry, 325 homes occupied of the 1,079 homes planned at Four Seasons. We support the self-storage project because there's a significant need for this type of storage facility close to Four Seasons. Many of the homes of Four Seasons, especially the condominiums, have limited storage. Consequently, our residents support and welcome the storage facility. We are requesting your support of the proposed of the proposed facility and ask that the county commissioners grant growth allocation to armored storage. Uh, my last email tonight is in regards to the Royal Farms concept plan. My purpose, and it comes from Fred Koch or Fred Cook. I'm not sure the last name. My purpose in writing to you is to enter my concerns in the public record that I, Fred Koch, am against the Royal Farms concept plan. Why am I against this proposal? One, saturation of this type of business in this residential uh, SRA corridor, specifically the Kent Island Route 50 corridor in general. South SR8 on Kent Island is currently served by two existing service centers, convenience stores in close proximity to each other, and both close the proposed Royal Farms location. It will result in three stations with less than a quarter mile of each other. Furthermore, Royal Farms is typically a 24-7 operation. One would expect on a multi-lane highway or interstate, not on a secondary road, which primarily serves in resident residential suburban communities. The saturation is even more revealing when you realize that there are 13 convenience stations located in the 15-mile Route 50 corridor across Route 50 in Ken Island. Quality of life and safety concerns for all the residents. Increased traffic inevitably results in an increased accident rate, which you are already experiencing on Route 8, especially south of Route 50 interchange. Maryland State Highway Administration has been potentially exacerbated by the danger on South Route 8 near the very site of the proposed Royal Farms project before any ground potentially has been broken. The Canal and South Trail attracts cyclists and pedestrians and runs parallel to South Route 8. However, it begins and ends at the Marine Academy Drive near Mattapique. There's no south north of the, there's no path north of Marine Academy so that cyclists and pedestrians who travel north of there must utilize the, shul the sh uh, shoulder. 
SHA recently shifted into an entry into an expanded northbound second lane about 1,000 feet south of where it was originally, and by doing so, completely eliminate the shoulder. Cyclists and pedestrians are now literally competing for space with motor vehicles on the highway. This is a safety issue now, and I don't see this ending well once a Royal Farm Station is built. This is not good fit for South Route 8 demographics, and I think Queens County Administration can do a better job setting criteria for commercial property used in an existing residential community. You earned it. Thank you. <laughs> I saw Stephanie up here for a while, and I was like, I could beat that. <laughs> Thank you. You've outdone yourself. And Thank nobody you else wants to speak, so we're going to go right into a roundtable. Jack, number one's up. Um, so we uh, had our winter MAKO conference uh, tail end of last week. Um, just some items that I think are in this legislative session moving forward uh, will probably come to light that will affect us here locally probably more so than anything else is the obvious uh, uh, the Kerwin educational funding. Um, I dare say it's probably going to be Kerwin 4.0 uh, because they've still got some issues with how it's going to be funded. Um, programs are going to come out of it and they're already behind the eight ball in terms of what they estimated for funding. It's already exceeded that uh, broadly statewide. Um, so we'll wait and see on that. I'm sure that's going to be a quick topic out of the gate. Um, another one that's going to affect us here in the long term, actually it's going to be national, um, but in terms of capital expense here locally um, is the push for the EV cars. Um, and it's great we want to do this, the, the electric vehicles and things like that. Besides the concerns on the electrical infrastructure that's available to even serve a, a society of electric vehicles, one of the things that's come to light um, is the fact that these vehicles are very dangerous when they catch on fire. Um, the containment system that is available to protect our firefighters, some of the stuff that we've seen is the firefighter can't get within 40 feet of a burning electric vehicle due to it will breach their FR clothing to the point where it's dangerous for them um, because of the heat that is uh, exerted off of the fire. Um, they do make a containment system that you can deploy to basically engulf said car when it's on fire, but they run about a million dollars. And just as a reference, I think our most expensive fire engine we've purchased in the county is just over one million. So. Uh, you're looking at quite the cost. We have a lot of corridor to cover here in Queen Anne's County. So it's just something to keep in mind. All great ideas, sometimes they have unintended consequences, and uh, I think this is going to be one of them. Another issue that comes along with this is the solar, utility-grade solar. They're, they're, what they want to do now is they want to put battery backup at the utility-grade solar sites. The information that's come out, and they're, again, they're lithium-style batteries, the information that's come out from them and is going to be shared down through the firefighting ranks here uh, pretty soon is the fact that if they catch on fire, evacuate the area. Um, do not try to put it out. Do not try to get into the area. Uh, the advice is to watch the plume of smoke so you know where you have to evacuate people. Um, so again, we're looking at here zoning that out in Queen Anne's County that you will not be able to have these battery backup systems in any of the solar systems here in Queen Anne's County because it's just really not worth the risk, honestly. So. Um, other than that, uh, that's the highlights from MAKO. It's, uh, there was a lot of good uh, information that came out of there. Um, this legislative session should be interesting, to say the least. The only other thing I wanted to bring up uh, at Roundtable is I think we need to have a conversation, gentlemen, with the comprehensive plan being um, passed 
and uh, moving forward with the zoning and the idea that we're going to push the growth into our uh, municipalities is we really have to have that serious conversation about the APFO and uh, its effect countywide uh, when your municipalities are not subject to it at this point for, for growth. So I think we have to look at that because if you put 250 homes in one of our municipalities, it certainly affects our schools and there's no provision in there for it. So I think we need to, and I've spoke at the COG meeting about this needs to happen. Um, so they're aware it's, there's going to be some conversation about it, but I think it's, again, um, we know we don't have any growth on Kent Island without sewer, so we know where it's going to go, and we've got to prepare for it so that we're not caught behind the eighth ball having to build schools because we weren't prepared for it. So that's all I got. Very well. Patrick, you're up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, uh, I really enjoyed my time with the guys at MAKO, and it was well beyond what my expectations were. Good. I went, like, why am I going to this to, geez, I wish it would be another day. You know, it was, uh, it was quite informative to get to talk. I, I got to meet our Kent County counterparts, our Caroline County parts, our Cecil County parts. See, our counterparts. We got you. <laughs> and um, it's, it's, it was very interesting that we all talked about the jail we all talked about Kerwin. Uh, we all talked about, uh, you know, making sure that the Whitsitt Center uh, doesn't go out, do isn't closed by the new governor. And next to the Whitsitt Center, um, Commissioner and I were talking about some thoughts about that. So anyhow, uh, all in all, it was it was it was it was um, very informative. I'm glad that I went. And, and reiterate everything that uh, Commissioner just said. I would go, uh, uh, the concern is the safety of our first responders. And I sat next to a Commissioner from Caroline Buddy, and he was saying that if you get too close to the uh, lithium battery um, that is on fire, it can actually, some, not all, can seep through our first responders' uh, protective layer and go into their clothing and their skin. Not a good situation. And then on top of that, the manufacturers tell you to stay 50 feet apart, uh, 50 feet away from a burning uh, vehicle. And you can't put them out. And I would like it if I'd really like to hear from the chiefs of the departments and with Scott and with uh, Director Haas on how we're going to address this when it does happen, because we all know it's going to happen. In some, in some areas, they literally pour four or five or 10,000 gallons of water on it, bring in a forklift, which they don't have, bring in a container, which they don't have, pick up the car and dump it in the container and fill it with water and let it sit for days, if not two weeks. It's, it's kind of crazy. We don't, have a, a, we don't have a uniform way to address this and to protect our, our first responders. So I'd really like to hear from what they think is the best way to handle this. And maybe a grant for that million dollar container, but that, that could take months and months and a year 
So they need to come up with a plan. I am, it's, I'm putting it on the FEC meeting agenda for the next FEC meeting to discuss it with the chiefs. Yeah. So. And that gets back to having a grant writer for, to support Director Haas and Zach. And this is specifically would be a good way to help them try to get more apparatus for our county. He's writing there. They do Thank it. you. Bill? Um, well, um, again, the, the MACO conference, I just want to touch on another angle there. Um, so the folks that, that aren't familiar with the, the MACO conference that we're referencing up here is it's really it's a, it's a governmental leadership conference that takes place a couple times a year and it gives the elected officials in the various counties across the state of Maryland the opportunity to sit in on sessions and seminars to improve their understanding of various processes whether it be uh, Department of Public Works whether it be uh, planning uh, and uh, growth areas and, and um, how it affects departments um, similar to our county across the state of Maryland but I wanted to and you have these you have these experts uh, in these various departments within county government and I just wanted to to brag about Queen Anne's County because we had two directors um, of two different departments within Queen Anne's County government that did speak on several occasions uh, at the, uh, the, the conference as experts in their field. So that's something that we should be pretty pleased about. Um, I got to sit uh, in on the set time of year for our fire departments who are um, swearing in their new officers. Uh, Commissioner Jim Moran and I had a chance to sit in on Goodwill Fire Department here in Centerville. And, and I, I just want to reiterate the importance of the fact that our, our firehouses are all volunteers. Um, I think if we had to go to a paid service, um, the tax increase that would have to take place in order to pull that off would, would, would not be stomached well by our taxpayers. So when it comes to the time where these fire departments are reaching out to you um, to help in fundraising efforts and support um, their need to purchase equipment, um, just remember that they are saving us a tremendous amount of money by being an all-volunteer service. And that's all I have. B? Fire away. All right, well... All the MAKO talk has already been taken up, uh, but <laughs> and those MAKO means the Maryland Association of Counties, and this is something we attend twice a year uh, with all the other county officials throughout the state. It's um, it's very important, um, and we do learn a lot. So that was good to have that. Um, Happy New Year, everybody! By the way, um, I think uh, something that we should do at some point throughout the year, and maybe this would be with QACTV and Amy, is um, something a little bit more informational to explain to the citizens. Um, when someone's coming with a project to the county to, to whether it's to redevelop a piece of property, develop a new piece of property, how the process works and uh, what can and cannot be done, what's the standard at the different levels of review, because I see a lot of activity on social media which shows me that people clearly do not understand the process by which all this goes. I, there is this belief that we're up here lording with our wands over property saying yes to this and no to that and that's not the case um, and a few projects ever even get to us um, but there is a very very comprehensive system in place um, for how projects get to build for, from from zoning to the comprehensive plan to the review process and yes there are things where we get to weigh in on things and, and there are times we can vote things down or vote them up um, but not everything 
Um, and a lot of it comes down to the fundamental principle that baked into our Constitution is there's property rights. Um, and so in order for governments to be able to restrict some of those rights, um, you have to have these comprehensive plans in place. Um, if you just willy-nilly say no to, to someone's property being built on, the government can get sued. And it can be a takings lawsuit, and we spend money on attorney's happened. fees. And it's happened. So, and it's happened, it's happened, right? It's happened. So tonight you heard through the presentations about Bay Cove, and there's a rezoning there, and people are going, wait a minute, there's already a whole bunch of houses there. Why is it now being rezoned for houses? Because the county tried to stop that development, and the county got sued, and the county spent a lot of money in legal fees, and the county lost, and it got built. So it's, it's not as simple as people think, and I think it would help to educate the people a little bit more on the process of what can and can't be done, and that way you can understand the decisions better. Um, you still don't have to agree with them, but you can understand them better. But more importantly, then the citizens know, you know how they can get involved at the different stages, uh, whether they like something or they don't like something, um, because I, I don't like the feeling that people think there's just sort of this arbitrariness to it. There's not. Um, it's very complex, and I'm still learning a lot of it. A series, perhaps. A, yeah, a series. about, you know, what is a concept plan, first of all, right? You know, what, what's that approval entail? Because you hear people say things like, well, you know, we don't need this business. That's not our job to decide what business should come or not come, right? The market decides that. If you don't need something, then that means there's no customers. Well, then the business won't succeed. It will fail. Any, any business is like that, right? And, and, and we don't, I mean, we try to promote economic development. We try to help businesses grow in the county. But, you know, someone says, well, what we need is, you know, this business. We don't, it's not our job to go and say, hey, Home Depot, come here or something like that. You know, we, we're trying to help promote businesses and, and cater to the needs of what the citizens are asking for. But at the end of the day, these are private enterprises that are making a decision. Do I want to open here? Do I think that this is a climate where I can make money? Because... I guess maybe let out the secret businesses do want to make money and it's not greed <laughs> that's what they do right i mean that's i mean that's why we all go to work you know not a lot of us don't love what we do every day but you know you're trying you have to make money you got to pay bills um and so the businesses are not going to come to places where they think they're not going to be successful they they put a lot of money into these studies and they think that there is a market and if it's not they'll go out of business um and so i i just think that a little bit more into that so that we can sort of clear up this misconception that somehow we're up here and, you know, to, to go to your point, over it. To your point, just real quick, a story that actually happened. Jim was serving, I guess, at that time um, when, when the Royal Farms were, the second Royal Farms came in to making all the pushback we got. We don't need another Royal Farms. We don't need another Royal Farms. Lo and behold, I go by those Royal Farms every day to go to work and they're always packed. And then on top of that, then a Wawa came. And the Wawa, we don't need a Wawa, we don't need a Wawa. And again, I go by the Royal Farms, Royal Farms, Wawa, they're all packed every morning and on the way home. So again, to your point, Commissioner, you're 100% right. We don't get up here and, and say what's going to be successful and what's not. There are laws out there for what you can and can't do in terms of development. And that's... Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of developments I would have rather not seen here. I mean, we Absolutely. have people talking today about Bay Cove, whereas I say that they don't like it. I mean, Mr. Snyder will tell you how, how much time that my, my son, your son and niece, probably that was our second address in high school, right? When Terry Price had that farm. I, I would rather see Terry Price's farm still there. You know, so there, there's a lot of things that, you know, we don't like, but that doesn't mean we can just stop because we Arbitrary. don't like it. Right. I mean, there, I mean, and we did a lot in the last group, our last board to, to curb 
residential growth. Well, this Kenmore Island. Marina that's coming around again. Right. Uh, there, there's a lot of the different things did. And, and some people ask, you know, why is it all in Ken Island? That's where the sewage is treated, right? So that's that's where it is. And, along, and the state tells the counties, you can't do septic, so you can't build there. And the state says, you got to grow smart, so you got to grow where your infrastructure is. Well, you know, there's Ken Island. That's a lot of why you see it all in Ken Island. It's because the state passed laws to push everything in this direction. Some of that happens that way. So there's Harris, Glenn Denning, smart, smart growth. growth, right? So I mean, there's it's this. it's not just this willy nilly on us. And I and I agree. I don't like I don't like a lot of these things, but you know. Plus, a lot of people that have moved in here in the last ten years don't realize that most of this development was already in the hopper twenty years ago, mm -hmm. twenty five years ago. So it's really just coming to fruition. It's always been. It was always going to be there once it got through its lawsuit stages and things like that. But and now it's here, and now it looks like oh, this big uh, growth boom. But it, again, it's been been out there for a long time. Yeah. So I, I think maybe some sort of educational videos with QAC TV to sort of explain the process so that people can be better engaged, understand, um, and you know, then they can still blame us for it. It's okay. <laughs> That's well, okay. no, and, and I, to your point too, is is put dates on some of these projects people are seeing right now. The Bay Coast, the Royal, the Ellendales, the Gibson, Grant, the larger communities up there and show when they were actually put into the planning stages, when they came to fruition and how long that process takes. I mean, Cloverfields took, what, 25 years to build out, I think? Somebody told me. Close to 25 years to build it out. Catalan so, States is on 50 years. Right. right? That's what I mean, I'm saying. So it takes And some a of those developments that we see now that are having problems that were done 50 years ago, they would never get approved today, Absolutely right? Absolutely the, the lots are too small. They don't have stormwater management that you have in now. I mean, there's a lot has changed. It, it believe it or not, has gotten better. Put it better, um, right? Yeah. But, you know, we, we don't want to see Ken Island turn into Manhattan, despite what people think. Correct. So that's just my little my little rant. I just want to make sure we're educating or, people or a little bit more. Right. I mean, I just, so <clears throat> I, I think let's talk with Amy and we can. we'll get we'll some stuff together some on that. Good. Good. Chris um, can come up so with an education. I'm going to put my soapbox aside now and let you, let you talk. All right. Well, first <laughs> off, I agree with what you're saying. And, and I would like to say that, uh, you know, I, I think it's, you know, <clears throat> the Bay Times Star Democrat plays a powerful point in this. And when they publish letters with some of the things that were said about um, uh, the new storage facility, that just aren't true in public read it, but it was in the paper, it must be true, without any chance of rebuttal. And I think that that's, you know, that's, that's not the way, you know, that's, you can get the lather up in the community, but that doesn't help anything. Right. So, you know, I dis disagree with that. I was the only one that didn't go to make up. Uh, I had some other meetings, and, but I, I'm gonna be the first one to say congratulations, Jack, for being sworn in. You're, Thank you. you're almost to the top, and you'll be there shortly, and th that'll be a huge, Feather in the cap of Queen Anne's County and, and you, so congratulations to that. They'll replace Calvin Ball. Yeah. No. Calvin's a good man, so that's, Johnny that's next two years. Two years. Two years. Yeah. Two you guys, Johnny O Johnny from Baltimore County. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to say that uh, anybody that doesn't know, which I hope everybody knows, uh, County Ride is free. Uh, 23. You know, free at 23, and i got to believe that once you make it free, you never go back. So, you know, uh, use it. Get out. Do what you need to do and, and get a ride. Um, uh, the other thing I want to talk about real quickly is, what's that subject I was talking about? Bridge. The bridge. Right. Okay. So I went to the brag meeting uh, the other night, and uh, we got a, a lot of good information on what's coming on this deck replacement. Uh, this deck replacement is going to start next, or this coming November. All the work will be done at night. Hopefully, all the work will be done at night from the water. So they are actually going to get a giant barge and a giant crane and lift up entire sections of the bridge 
And you know, the, the contract, phase one of the contract is 4,700 lineal feet. It goes from the upper suspension, eastbound, when you leave the upper main span, all the way down to the false channel. And, uh, and then it, when that portion is complete, they'll go back to the western shore and they'll go all the way up to the main suspension. But that section is 4,000, those two sections are 4,700 feet long and that's $144 million. So anybody that tells you that we can afford to keep paying money after money for these, to maintain these bridges, it's just, it's not gonna happen. So I also found out that this entire project for redecking, is gonna take three to four years. I thought originally it was gonna be bang, 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 but they're saying it's gonna take three to four years. They're precast sections. Uh, the sections, the, the width is 30 feet. Uh, each section weighs 125,000 pounds. That's it. 125,000 pounds, and they're going to be picking that up 300 feet in the air at the high span. Where are they bringing them in from? Excuse me? From on the porch? Uh, that they did not tell me where they were going to precast them at. Uh, either um, probably Baltimore or uh, uh, Langenfelters could be a possibility. Uh, there, there's 156 panels that need to be replaced, and I had questions about what kind of railings. You know, the, east, the westbound bridge has steel. Eastbound bridge has concrete. This is gonna be 32 inch high concrete barriers with an 18 inch rail, similar to the main span, but instead of steel, it's gonna be concrete and steel. So, you know, and there's a lot of great information on, you know, you can either go on MBTA's website or you can go on the Bay Bridge. Uh, I think it's just baybridge.com is the other website and you'll, you'll see the information that they're putting on there and what's been completed and, and where they need to go. There may be steel plates. And that's what I'm concerned about is the steel plates because that's what slows traffic down. They think it's a speed bump and they slow down, but we haven't really got a definitive on one way or the other. And they intend to work through, once they start, they're not gonna stop. So it's summertime work too. That means that bridge will be closed at nine o'clock at night, no matter what the traffic is, and opened up when that panel's set and they're ready to open, so. Even uh, on the weekend or during the week? Uh, they did not specify, but they said it's going to be during the summer months. So, you know, maybe they won't work Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know. Or maybe it'll be one of those issues where the weather will dictate when they work. Uh, you know, storms, rain, other things. So we'll get some more of that information in April uh, as our next meeting. But, uh, you know, the state is, uh, they've been very informative. They've been very helpful. And, uh, you know, the last thing I'm going to say about the bridge is it's an expensive project. And if the, the incoming governor doesn't want it, it only makes a, he's, he'd have to go through some hoops to stop it because the board has voted on it. It's an independent board, but uh, we're hoping that it moves forward. The phase two of the NEPA, the next five years is totally funded. So it's not a question of that. That's all funded by toll money. So they, they have that funded and, and that's moving forward. So we need to get to phase three, so. We're going to be sitting like this. Oh, I'm sorry. In the gates, in the gates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the end of January, they say both sides should be operational. Will they be operational 100% of the time? No, but they're they're working out. I, I drive by every morning there, and and I see a group of seven or eight guys <coughs> with very clean vests and hard, very clean hard hats, and that tells me that's all the engineers. No offense, Todd, <laughs> but they're sitting there figuring out how we're going to fix that one gate that's not doing. So they're they're working through all the bugs. On the western shore, there's still the two small gantries at the foot of the bridge and one long one that have to come down. Uh, they're working on, like I said, the eastern shore to get that all up and running right with, with the, uh, when the gates open and close. 
Then they'll start the Western Shore, but they told us at the meeting that by the end of January, the Western Shore should be operational. Those barrels will be there for at least another year. They got to get the public use to the, the gates and, and the barrels will stay as, you know, as a, an accessory so people are used to the barrels. Last thing I'm going to say on this is when you see the red X, get out of the lane. They are going to be giving you tickets. We are trying to enact. Actually, when you see the yellow, you, you start to correct, get out of it. Correct. But don't go through the red ones because you're going to get a ticket. And uh, we are trying to enact some more stringent laws for the bridge for commercial vehicles, tractor trailers, um, people towing uh, RVs, people, people towing boats to stay out of that middle lane, get all the way over in the right lane on both bridges uh, for safety reasons. So, so if, if nobody's real quick, if nobody has seen it yet, when you come uh, on ContraFlow and you're working your way back to the Eastern shore, the as you get the lights uh, that are in the lane, that's pretty amazing. You see how they got white ones and yellow ones. They too. got white ones and yellow ones to simulate the white line and the yeah. yellow line. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't experienced that yet during ContraFlow at night to see that, that's pretty amazing. So they're, you know, they're, they're, there's a lot of contracts. If you go on the website, you'll see there's a lot of contracts that have, uh, I mean, hundreds of hundreds of millions of dollars have been spent in the last two years, and uh, you know, for safety reasons and, and to get the bridges drivable. These new sections will be three feet wider than the old section, so that helps when there is an incident that the cars can move over to the shoulders and emergency vehicles can get down through the middle. But um, that's all I got. Uh, take a motion to make a motion to adjourn. Second. There we go. Thank you very much. Thank you.